church, we're not going to stand to read the passage today because the passage today, a one time only, is on the Lord's Prayer, which we just uh, recited and we recite it, we pray it together every week, so we're not going to read it to- together. But uh, this is one of the rich passages in the Scriptures on prayer. Now, every single one of us know instinctively that whatever else we need to grow in, that nobody has prayer down. All of us could grow in our prayer lives, and this is arguably the, the best place to go in the Bible to learn more about prayer. And so this is what I, I would ask for you, is that today you just sort of sit before God, Lord God, what do you want to say to me today about prayer? Or what do I need to learn about prayer? What, what's at least one thing, Lord God, that you want to press into my life? And we'll, we'll revisit that question at the end. Now, as you know, if you come regularly here, we pray together the Lord's Prayer, and, and I hope that it has never become too familiar to you, but that it comes from your heart and not just from your lips, that it comes from a deep place. It's amazing to me how much is packed in this brief prayer. It is simple enough, it is shallow enough for a child to wade in, and it is deep enough for a, a whale to swim in. It is just so exceedingly rich, and we have God's perspective. Jesus tells us right before the prayer begins, he says, pray then in this way. And he doesn't mean so much, you know, pray these exact words, though we can and we do, but he he means pray with this heart, Pray, pray in this kind of a way, pray with this perspective, pray this kind of prayer. And we're gonna see that he begins by addressing God, and then there are six requests, and then he begins with sort of a closing statement. And those Eight lines uh, together form a prayer that is God-centered. We're going to see the God-centeredness of the prayer, the sample prayer. The six requests involve God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. The three requests for us involve give us, forgive us, deliver us. And we're going to unpack those. First of all, he tells us when we pray, pray then in this way, pray our Father in heaven. Come to God as Father. He is not simply Lord. He's not simply God. He's not simply the Creator. But He is at heart and essence Father. You know, in the Old Testament, His name primarily is Yahweh, or translated in English translations, Lord. But in the New Testament, the key name for God would be Father. Uh, Over and over, we see the fatherhood of, of God. When you pray to God, pray to Him as Father. Now, I realize that some folks stumble here because, you know, nobody had a perfect father. None of us had a perfect father. And some of you had a father who was abusive, alcoholic, absent, and and had some real pain with that. And and God knows that. But whether or not uh, you had a good father and it's by comparison you call God Father, or you had a, a very difficult relationship and it's by contrast, but either by comparison or contrast, we do know what uh, fatherhood is all about. Good, loving, wise, strong, powerful, protective. He is father. He is the perfect father. Now, the New Testament was originally written in Greek, but Jesus spoke, his primary language was Aramaic, which is a, a, a variant of Hebrew. And so the word father is an interesting word. It's Abba, Abba which, you know, is probably in a lot of languages around the world, something like that. It's Abba. And uh, the, perhaps the best equivalent for that in our language would be Papa, something a little bit more endearing uh, than Father. Father's good. Papa is a little bit better. You could even go with Daddy, but, but Papa probably captures just about the right nuance. 
Jesus said, when you call God, when you pray to God, call him Papa. Call him Papa. That's what my grandkids call me, Papa. And it has that connotation of warmth and love. Now, I had an interesting email on Tuesday. In fact, um, James Brown, right, right over here. James, would you mind just standing up? You're going to hear a story about James this morning, if you can. Just Okay, that's James. You don't need to clap or anything. That's James. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. Okay, James, uh, and, and by the way, anytime I quote a letter or email, something like that, it's always with permission. I, I don't just lightly do that. So it's Father's Day approaching, and James uh, sent me this email about his earthly father. He said, I felt especially prompted by God to do that. And you're going to see at the end, I think, why God prompted him. James, of course, knew I was going to talk about Father's Day, but he didn't know I was going to talk about Abba and Father in the Lord's Prayer. And James de- describes in his email that uh, he was one of five kids, and when he was, one of one year, and when he was only one year old, when he was one, his father, an alcoholic, abandoned the family, single-parent family. And he hardly ever saw his dad again, just a few times, never had a relationship with him. And so, of course, he would have just a lot of pain about that memory with his earthly father. And James has come to Christ, been walking with God, and, and some brothers have encouraged him over the last year, to, you know, you ought to get some healing prayer or freedom prayer, we call it here. You can go to our website under Care Prayer Ministries, go to Freedom Prayer, and it's just sort of a way of praying that uh, you, you get with somebody who's got a gift in this and training in this, and they help you just to, to seek God for, uh, to, to uncover some things that can really help set us free. Everybody at Wood's Edge, including me, ought to get freedom prayer. I've gotten it several times, been very helpful, been, been part of my healing from mental disease, actually. Okay, back to story. So James uh, gets this uh, healing prayer, and, and God meets him. God meets him. God speaks to him. Uh, it's an emotional time. And as he is getting in his car, truck, whatever he drives, and, and drives away, let me quote what he said in his email. He said, As I wept, the presence of God surrounded me, and I experienced the healing prayer of his unconditional love deep in my spirit. As I drove away that day, I continue to cry and thank Papa for allowing me to know him better. Before that experience, I felt uneasy about dressing God the Father in such an intimate term as Papa. Now it feels unnatural to address him in any other way than my Papa. The one who has always been there and always will be. The only Father I've ever really known. James, thank you for sharing your heart with us. And, and I know James is not the only one. Uh, whether or not that's the only term you use, um, all of us need to see God in heaven is our Father, and He's Papa, and He's good, and He's He's a good, good Father, as the song puts it. He's the perfect Father. Now, Jesus goes on to amplify this. He says, Call him, pray this way. Pray, pray our Father in heaven. So our Father, but he's in heaven. He's not an earthly Father. He's a heavenly Father. This is not, in heaven does not mean that's where he lives because God fills the universe. He's God. This isn't his postal address. What it means is this isn't the earthly Father. This is your heavenly Father. This is the perfect Father. He is our Father in heaven. Our Father suggests he's good. In heaven suggests he's great. Our Father reminds us that he is so good to us. He's Papa, but in heaven reminds us he is the sovereign, almighty, holy, vast, infinite God. 
both of those we hold in our mind. He is our Father in heaven. He is good and He is great. He's not a small God. He's not a tame God. I mean, never lose sight of the fact that with His mere breath, He creates the universe and a hundred million galaxies spring into existence. I mean, He's God. If all seven billion of us on the planet began talking to God, He could hear us at one time, no problem. He's God. He is our Father in heaven. Never forget who you're talking with. He's our Father in heaven. He's Papa, and He's great. You know, I'm going to surface three principles about prayer today. And the first one is right here. Whenever you pray, remember just who it is you're talking with. You're not just blabbing here. You're calling on the sovereign, holy God of the universe. If you keep that in mind, it will be impossible for you to be be bored in your praying. It will be impossible for you to have a dry, vapid, empty prayer if you keep in mind you are talking to the Father in heaven. He's great, and He's good. Remember who it is you're talking to. All righty. That's how he addresses. Then it begins these six requests. The first one, hallowed be your name. Now, that is the only word in the prayer that we don't normally use. We don't use it. We don't walk around saying hallowed. We know what it means. We know if you've been around the Bible much, you know it means honored or holy. It comes from the same root word of holy. Lord, may your name be treated as holy. May your name be honored. That's what we're praying. We're basically praying. Jesus teaches us to pray. When we start praying, focus on the Father and pray, Lord, may your name be glorified. May you be honored. May you be exalted. Recently, I, I heard this uh, speaker, and he was talking about how, you know, there is really only one pedestal, and that pedestal belongs to Jesus Christ, not to us. Only room for one pedestal. So we can't be concerned about our reputation and our name if we're going to be concerned about God's reputation and God's name. And, and he's just calling us to a God-centeredness Because he's God, because he's perfect and God and great and good, then his name ought to be the one that is honored, glorified, raised high. Hallowed be your name. Second request, also a God-centered request. Not only hallowed be your name, but your kingdom come. Now, God's kingdom, just like an earthly kingdom, except... An earthly kingdom, you can point to a place on a map, okay, that kingdom is over this territory. God's kingdom is not over territory because God owns the universe, but it is his kingdom over people, over the lives of people. Every time a person bows to the lordship of Jesus Christ, every time a human being receives Jesus Christ as Savior, the king, the kingdom of God advances, the rule of God advances. It's God's kingship over people. You're kingdom come. What are we praying if not for the people to get saved and and people to surrender and people to obey the Lord? Uh, Not just here in our city, in our neighborhoods, our top five, but across the globe, wherever Wood's Edge is and wherever we're not, that's what we want. Your kingdom come. Uh, We want God's rule. Now, it would be impossible to pray that prayer from a sincere heart 
unless you're fully surrendered to Christ, isn't, aren't you? Because you're saying, Lord, I want your kingdom on those other lives, but, you know, I've got two or three years of my life that I'm holding back. No, thank you. You know, are, are, are you fully surrendered to the lordship of Christ this morning? Not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But, but are you surrendered? Is there any area of your life that you're holding back from God and you're saying, mine? Well, then, at that point, you're not in the kingship. You're not under the kingship, the rule of Jesus. So, start off. Your kingdom come. Or your name be hallowed. May your kingdom come. Thirdly, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this goes right with kingdom. Lord God, may, may your will be done in my life, in my family, in my church, in my community, my neighborhood, my city, my country, across the globe. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, when you think about Jesus at Gethsemane, and the night before he's crucified, and Jesus knows that he's honest with the Father. And he prays, Lord, is there some other way to save these people, you and me? Is there some other way to save these people than by me dying on a cross? Is there some other way? Not the physical pain. That was, that was not it at all. But the spiritual pain of bearing the world's sin and separating from the Father, that's what it was about. And he says, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, may your will be done on earth. Again, you cannot pray this prayer with a sincere heart unless you're fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. And I'm willing to obey you. All right, that's the third request. Now, those first three requests that Jesus gives. Okay, he's teaching us how to pray, remember. He's saying, okay, pray these kind of prayers. The first three all involve God, not us. God's name, God's kingdom, God's will. It's it's God-centered. And and I just want to encourage us to generally make our prayers God-centered. That is, before you sort of run into God's presence and begin, you know, going going through a list of things or maybe your greatest burden, uh, I just want to encourage you generally to, to, to focus on the glory and the greatness of God. Praise, worship, singing, thanksgiving. Now, now, there aren't legalistic rules. If you're just overwhelmed, bring that burden to God anytime, no problem. He's Papa. But uh, there's something that's just right and fitting. God deserves to be honored. And besides that, if you begin with praising God and your prayers God-centered, it will right-size your perspective on your problems and needs. It's just good. I begin just about every morning with praise and thanksgiving. Uh, usually with singing, and um, God-centered. Uh, God, it, it, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. Uh, make your prayers more God-centered than man-centered. Now, let me be clear. It is not wrong to bring your needs to God. In fact, you, you got to be doing that. You, you better be doing it. The next three, he, he brings our requests to God. In fact, sometimes there's a bit of a misunderstanding about praying for yourself. Sometimes people think, well, you know, if I pray for myself, it just seems selfish. Church, it's not selfish to pray for yourself. It is dependent. The opposite of of praying for yourself is a proud self-reliance. I'll depend upon myself. I'm fine. Thank you. You know, it's the two-year-old. Let me do it myself. We are completely dependent upon God for everything and give voice to it with dependence, with faith, 
with desperateness when we bring our requests to God. So bring them, bring them. You know, from uh, all the Bible, bring your request to God. Okay, the fourth request begins three about our own needs. And Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, these three requests are going to involve, first the present, give us today this daily bread. Then the next one's going to be the past. Then the third one's going to be the future. Present, past, and future. He's going to pray about three sample prayers. All right, give us this day our daily bread. That means provision for the present. Lord, I need you. I depend upon you. I depend upon you for all my needs. Not just physical, but mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, marital, financial, all my needs. Lord, give us today our daily bread. Ask God for your needs. Now, all through the Bible, Genesis through Revelation, we see that God's people are those people who ask God for their needs. This is just our language. Nobody in the Bible emphasizes it more than Jesus does in the Gospels. Ask, ask, ask. James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. Let not to be true, true of us. Let's not get to heaven one day and say, what if you just asked? Man, you had all these unopened gifts. All right, first request for ourselves, provision for the present, give us this day our daily bread. Your asking, by the way, glorifies God. Not just your praise and worship and thanksgiving. Your asking glorifies God. How does you bring in your request glorify God? Let me, let me explain it to you how it works. Every time you bring a request to God, Lord God, I need this job. Please, Lord, provide for me a job soon. What do, what do I implicitly declare? with that request. This is what I declare. I declare God's there. God hears. God is powerful. He could do it. God is good. He cares about me. We are declaring the goodness and the greatness of God implicitly every time we ask God for something. We glorify God. It's not just your praise and thanksgiving. It is your asking that not only expresses dependence in you, but the glory and the greatness of God. So ask Ask, ask, give us this day our daily bread. Fifth request, total, second one for yourself, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, he moves from the present to the past. Don't forget how you messed up. Don't forget how you rebelled against God. Well, I was talking to a dear brother after the first service. He said, man, I just praying through the Lord's Prayer last Friday, and I just praying about God's kingdom going and the lives of people and how they need to shape up and not his words, how they needed to shape up. And, and, and God just put on my heart, what about your sins? Forgive us our debts. That's a big part of the prayer, isn't it? Forgive us our debts. Every time we sin, hurt somebody, rebel in any way, we sin against God. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. You know, he links that right there together in a very challenging way. In fact, uh, he's not through with that because at the end of the passage, in verses 14 and 15, he immediately goes on to say, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father, your, your father forgive your trespasses. Now, now that's, that ought to be a bit of a gulp factor. Gulp. Because most of us are not very good at forgiving other people. You notice that? You notice that about your fellow humans? That uh, I, I don't really know anybody's just great at this. I, I find that just about all of us struggle to some extent. And some of you are pretty lousy at it. And, um, 
And, and we need God's grace because Jesus ties our forgiveness to one another to his forgiveness for us. Now, this doesn't affect our legal standing with God. That kind of forgiveness, that was taken care of on the cross. Jesus paid for all of our sins. This is family forgiveness. This is relational forgiveness. This is the kind of forgiveness that when I'm rude to Gil, she, does, she doesn't divorce me, but uh, there's a barrier there, isn't there? Isn't there? And until I come to her and apologize and, you know, kind of make it right, then there's a barrier. It's that kind of forgiveness, that relational forgiveness. God says, if you want to be right with me, if you don't want to have any barrier between me and you in terms of power, joy, uh, my blessing, my wisdom, I got you answered prayer, then, then you need to be a good forgiver, church. Uh, this is something that God underscores in the Lord's Prayer. Be a big-hearted forgiver. Be a big-hearted forgiver. If you've got anything you're holding against anybody right now before you walk out or later today, you need to get along with God and give it to him. Sometimes it's not easy. In fact, for me, every time it's not easy. But you can do it by God's grace. So the fifth request involves the past. It involves uh, forgiveness. Forgive us our debts. Now, let me pause again about the prayer. Do you notice the plural pronouns? Our Father, give us, forgive us, deliver us. What's Jesus assuming here? He's assuming prayer with others here. Now, there is a place for prayer by yourself. But because we are raised in a very independent individualism country, we primarily think of the spiritual life, me and Jesus. That's not the biblical perspective. The biblical perspective is me in the community and Jesus. Israel in the Old Testament, the church in the New Testament, it's the people of God. And somehow in the heart of God, when we pray together with other people, there's special presence of God. There's special power of God. That's one of the reasons why I encourage you when these prayer partners come at the end of the service, take advantage of that because when two or three gather in the name of Christ, he's there in a special way. So isn't it interesting? In the one prayer Jesus gave us, he doesn't say, give me, give me, forgive me, give us, forgive us. Uh, we pray together on Sunday mornings. We certainly pray together on Wednesday nights in our prayer service because that's all we do. And home church groups and other things. Uh, yes, we pray by ourselves, but particularly the vast majority of the prayers in the Bible are communal, community prayers. All right, I got one more prayer request. The sixth prayer request. We've had provision for the present. We've had pardon for the past. Now we've got protection for the future. And Jesus says, pray this kind of prayer. Pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, I think the King James translates it, deliver us from the evil one. Some translations translate it that way. It's the same word in the Greek language, so it could go either way. I think it's more likely to be evil. That's the more inclusive one. When you're praying to God, Lord, lead me not, you know, protect me from evil. You're, you're praying implicitly, protect me from the evil one and all evil in the universe, whether or not it comes from Satan or my own sin or whatever. And you're praying for protection. Now, again, Genesis through Revelation assumes and teaches that there are these unseen spiritual beings at large. And this is part of a biblical worldview and a biblical perspective. And Jesus teaches us, pray about this battle that you're in. You are in a battle all the time. You need to be aware of it and pray for protection in it. Some of us, 
emphasize too much perhaps the demonic and we're preoccupied. We don't need to focus on the demonic. We focus on Jesus. We're aware of the demonic and we pray about it, but we don't focus there. Others of us, we're not, we're not uh, preoccupied with it. We, we neglect the spiritual battle. We hardly ever pray about it, if, if ever. And, and we just sort of ignore it. And, and that's just as wrong, maybe even more wrong. When Jesus gives us a sample prayer and, and brings three sample needs, one involves our daily provision, one involves forgiveness, and the third involves the battle. That's one-third. That's 33%. Give you some idea about, man, that, that ought to be part of your daily prayer life, praying for protection for you, your family, your people, your church. Lord, protect us. And so here's part of our prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So six prayer requests. First three god center, next three man center. And then finally, he ends on another note, a God-centered declaration of praise. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. And by the way, amen just means yes, so be it. Yes, I agree with that. Amen. So church, this is the Lord's Prayer. Simple and yet endlessly profound. And what's God saying to you this morning about prayer? Where, where, where does he need to touch your prayer life? Um, we've seen a few principles. It may be one of those three. We saw that um, what I consider the most important thing, and the one God put on my heart again for the thousandth time, Jeff, remember who you're talking with. Remember who you're talking with. Secondly, we see that uh, the God-centeredness of the Lord's Prayer. It's God-centered, more than man-centered. Thirdly, uh, I, I didn't call this out, but we, we saw that uh, be sure and bring your knees to God because they glorify God. <laughs> they glorify God. It's not about selfishness, not about, depend, not about uh, uh, selfishness. It's, it's about dependence upon God. Three things. What's God saying to you? This is what we're going to do. We're going to take a few moments of silent prayer, listening prayer, and we're going to ask God, Lord, what are you saying to me? this morning, about my prayer life. Bow your heads, please. Open your heart to God. Lord God, may we hear your voice and no other voice. Lord, what do, you, what do I need to know? What do we need to know, Lord, about prayer this morning? Papa, thank you for the privilege of prayer. Thank you so much. Lord, it's the greatest privilege we've got. Thank you that you're a prayer-hearing God. When we call out to you, you hear us. Lord God, thank you that we have never, ever prayed a prayer that you did not hear and you did not respond to. Now, Lord God, we want to pray well. We want to pray effectively. We want to pray in a God-pleasing manner. Give us grace. Give us grace. Teach us how to pray. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, that's how you come into this relationship with Him as Father. Just breathe a prayer. Jesus, come and save me. Come and save me. Forgive me.
for my sin. Lord, we bless you in Christ's name. Amen.
Well, good morning, church family. We're glad you're here with us today. I'm Joe Lancelotti, one of our pastors here at Woods Edge. And hey, guys, happy Father's Day to all you men in the house. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, guys, I could have brought you mounds of bacon like last year, but I did something better. You know, I could have brought you J.J. Watt, and he could have flexed his muscles up here. But no, seriously, in the second row, we have the Michael Jordan of Rugby Sevens, the legend known from Fiji, Wiseli Sarevi, is in the house. And hey, for all seven of you that know anything about rugby, I mean, this guy elevated it to the next level. He's a man of God. If you want to see him later, you can. He's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, uh, you can turn your attention in front of the seat in front of you. It's a Connect card. looks like this. We'd love to get to know more about you and you get to know about, more about us. We'd love to connect you into the life of our church in any ways that we can. Uh, so fill that out. And on the back side, there's a place for sermon notes or prayer requests. And it's an honor to pray with you. And you can drop these off in our uh, giving boxes located in the back of the worship center. Church, thank you for your generous giving. Your giving uh, allows us to be part of what God's doing in our church and outside of the walls of the church. Particularly, your generous giving supports our children's ministry, which just finished up with a great week of BBS called Craze. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah, a round of applause for Craze. If, if you don't know, we had over 670 kids up here, 280 volunteers, 31 kids accepted Christ for the first time, and forever their lives will be impacted. Amazing. They raised over $4,500 to support other kids in the community. And they laughed, they played, they worshiped, they danced, and, and they just had an amazing day, amazing week. Take a look at this highlight video to get a glimpse of their world. Chance to live this life, oh. 
For all of you who are workers at Praise or whoever work in our children's ministries, we just couldn't do this sort of thing without you. It means so much. We know God's heart for kids. So thank you so much. And let me echo what Joe said earlier to you dads here. Let, let, let us a heartfelt happy Father's Day to you and know that you are held high in our uh, esteem and affection. You know, I, I don't know every father here, of course, but the dads I know at Wood's Edge are seeking to please the Lord. So many, many of you. So uh, it's a privilege for all of you men, including you dads, uh, to, to journey together with you here at Wood's Edge. You know, my uh, dad is 89 years old for three days ago. He comes here. He comes to third service. And when he comes, he lives in Centerville and in Houston. But uh, he, he Thursday turned 89. The next day, he, he and my mother, wedding anniversary, 67 years. My dad works full-time because he chooses to, and he looks to me like he's getting younger and younger, and I'm looking like I'm getting older and older, so we're going to meet here pretty soon, and, uh, but I appreciate him. Uh, I know today can be a hard day for a lot of folks because of the relationship they had with their dads wasn't very good, and, and some of you men would love to be dads, and it hasn't happened, and if in any way today's a hard day for you, just know that we care, God cares, He can heal your hearts. So we're going to pray together the Lord's Prayer. If you'd pray with me, full voice, let's pray. It's going to be on the screens. Pray with me now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Lord, there's no one like you. You are the sovereign, holy, perfect, infinite God. You are full of mercy, grace. You're slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Lord, we bless you for a Savior, for the cross the resurrection, for grace, your mercies to us. Lord God, I pray that every single person on this campus, Lord God, would sense and experience your love, your grace, your mercy. Now, Lord, we know there's only one church in the city, and we pray together as a church, Lord, for Faith Bible Church this weekend, for Scott Pollock, their wonderful pastor. Lord, for Colin Bates, our worship pastor, who's over there leading worship this morning. Lord, continue to bless Faith Bible. Lord God, we think about Percy in our own church, his single parenting ministry. And Lord, I know later today he's leading a team of men to go to the prison in Navasota for ministry. Bless them in every way. And then, Lord God, all of our folks, all of our home church groups and people who live out in the Magnolia area, may they advance the kingdom out there and reach their neighbors and loved ones. 
Papa, we love you. We want to love you more. Lord, these are our prayers. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, all right, church.
Good morning. My name's Jeff Miller, pastor of Children's Ministry. And on this Father's Day, we celebrate with all of these families as they dedicate their children to God. Uh, by dedicating this morning, uh, they desire to say thank you to God for the gifts of their children. And it's also their desire to pass on a godly legacy to each one of them. Our first family, Austin and Lindsay Abshire, are dedicating Riley Grace and joining them is their son, Aiden. Dear Riley, we are so incredibly lucky to have you and your brother Aiden in our lives. You bring such a light to our family, and your joy is contagious. Our prayer is that God would send <laughs> gotta hold it still. Would send his Holy Spirit daily to lead, guide, and counsel you in all your days. May you discover the joy of God's presence through daily relationship with his son Jesus. We pray that God will help us as parents with our weaknesses and imperfections. And, uh, and give us strength. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And godly wisdom to raise you after his holy word. We love you, Riley Grace, and thank God that we get to be your parents. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Joseph and Michelle Grasso are dedicating Nicholas Joseph. Dear Nicholas, we are so thankful to God for the incredible blessing to be your parents. Today, we dedicate ourselves to parent you in accordance with God's word. We commit to teach you the stories and the instructions in God's word. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29:11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We pray that we will have the wisdom to be good parents and that God would help us live a life that is honoring to him so that we can be a good example to you. We pray for God's protection over you and that his word lives within you. We will love you and support you always for the rest of our days. Love, mom and dad. Thank you. David and Jessica Lees are dedicating Olivia Nicole. Dear Olivia, you are truly a blessing from God and your contagious smile brings us so much joy. Over the past five months, you've touched many hearts and you have taught us patience and to be thankful for all of our blessings. Most importantly, you have brought faith to our lives and taught us to trust in God, to live miraculously through his strength and to do his work in all of facets of our lives. Today, we celebrate the opportunity to dedicate you to the Lord and to promise to live each day seeking to teach you about him. We will guide you to live according to his word and to grow closer to him and to seek him passionately and authentically. Finally, we pray for continued happiness and laughter in your life as you continue to be a blessing in ours. Love, mom and dad. Thank you. Cody and Jessica Tibbs are dedicating Caden James and joining them are their other children, Addison and Cole. Caden James, for three years we prayed, asking if it was God's will to have another baby. Since the day we heard you were coming into our lives, we prayed the Lord would fill you with the knowledge of his will so that you may live a life worthy of him. As parents, we prayed that God would give us the love, patience, and compassion to raise you in the way that he has said to do so. 
Having you here is truly a blessing from God and shows our family is now complete. The love you have shown us, your brothers and your sister is forever engraved in our hearts. The love we have for you shows a bond that will never be broken between us. We promise to pray for you every day for the rest of our lives. We love you so much, mommy and daddy. Amen, amen. Church, together we're gonna dedicate these four precious kids to the Lord. Would you extend a hand toward them so these parents would know we're all in this together. Now, Lord God, we know that the spirit and the heart of these four families is, Lord God, these precious children are a gift from you. They don't belong to them, they belong to you. But, Lord God, they need your wisdom, love, grace, mercy, endurance, everything they need, Lord God. And in the community of faith, they stand together and say, Lord, we depend upon you. We need your grace. We need your favor. And, Lord God, each one of these precious kids, Lord God, for Riley, for Nicholas, for Olivia, and for Caden, may they grow up, Lord God, immersed in your love. May they grow up, Lord God, to become men and women of God. May they love you with all their hearts, Lord God. May your hand of favor be upon them. Lord, we pray together, dedicate these kids in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give them a big hand as they have a seat. Thank you.